Hello, hello, hello. I'm Angela Scanlon and welcome to the Thanks a Million Mini Pods. Now, while we're waiting for Series 4, and it is a common, and there are a truckload of new thank yous, I thought that we could revisit the thank you next chapter of some of our guests' lives to remind us that we've got this. This is one of my favourite questions from the podcast because it's all about silver linings. It's usually touching on a period in people's lives that has been and gone, which at the time felt like a complete disaster. But in hindsight, they are grateful for them. Sometimes it's the big old wallops, figuratively speaking, that kind of teach us the greatest lessons that we think oh wow that was a game changer for me it was hideous at the time but look at me now look at me now yeah I imagine this past year might be a thank you next for quite a few people and I feel like it's all gone to shit in a handcart but actually it's fine and we'll get through it this week to kick us off our thank you next is from the wonderful Dono Porter. She's always an absolute delight to talk to. She's joyfully, hopelessly <laughs> honest. You should listen to the whole episode. I don't know how we cut her down, to be honest. She talks about stuffing her cat, who has subsequently died. Does that feel insensitive? Maybe, but she did say she'd put him on the mantelpiece. Myself and Dawn sat down ahead of the release of her sixth novel, So Lucky, which, by the way, is fab, and I believe out in paperback right now. Anyway, we were looking at her career. She's gone in all directions. She started out acting, moved into journalism, obviously did a lot of telly and is now a fully fledged author. She's also married to actor Chris O'Dowd of Bridesmaids fame. He also did the IT crowd, wrote and starred in Moon Boy. He won a Tony for Of Mice and Men. Cash. They live in LA together. And the reason I mention Chris is not to reduce her to being somebody's wife, but actually because this her thank you next answer refers to them and their relationship so let's get to it what is dawn's thank you next it's definitely the first thing that comes to mind is the period of time when i was around 30 where the tv work dried Mm. up so i'd moved out to la to do the series for channel four it was great. You know, I'd kind of got my own primetime documentary series on Channel 4. I and mean, it had all gone relatively it quickly, hadn't great. it? Yeah. And it was, yeah, and it was I'd just come from the BBC. And I was, um, it was amazing. I was going, you know, I got flown out to LA to live there to make a series for Channel 4. I was like, what, what the what's dream. better than that? So we made the series and it went great and people loved it. And it wasn't that the series wasn't a success, but Channel 4 had said that we're going to do another series and then just... 10 months later just didn't Mm -hmm. and a really nice guy um, who was the commissioner there at the time who had a really good relationship and I remember him just calling me and he said are you sitting down and I remember just (laughs) falling down because by this point I'd spent all of my money I was locked into a contract on a flat living on the other side of the world everyone thinks you're living your best life when you're out in LA just not the case at all very very unhappy and yeah, he just said that it's not going to happen. And it was just such a strange feeling. I'd experienced huge success throughout my 20s in terms of, not necessarily financially, but just in terms of getting work. I had, you know, I had TV shows with my name in the title. I was giving all these amazing things. It just seemed to be going so well. So it came as a real shock, not one that I was prepared for at all. Mm-hmm. And then it just got continuously worse over the next kind of two to three years. I'm still financially making up for it. I feel like I just didn't work for ages. And so I moved to L.A. when I was 29. And on my 30th birthday, I met Chris, which was a reason to stay in L.A. But Mm -hmm. 
And in one way, romantically, that was a good idea. But for my career, it was an absolute disaster because I couldn't work in LA. I had a visa that was tied into one company. So okay. it wasn't like I could go and do anything. And so I'd kind of abandoned any sort of momentum that my career had here. And so then I got a weekly column with Stylist magazine when they launched. thought that was great. Then they sacked me, which was hands down the worst day. Meanwhile, Chris had just done Bridesmaids and was having like a moment and I couldn't be happy for him it wasn't that it was jealous because we really don't have that dynamic it was just waking up every morning with this just a reminder that whilst you're watching someone rise Rise. and I feel so guilty about how down I was at that time because I'd say for Chris being launched into like global fame which is what bridesmaids did was in its own way terrifying Mm -hmm. wonderful I wish I'd just been there for him more I wish I had set myself aside and I wish I with all like Kristen and Rose and Melissa and everyone just being so kind of impressed by them and I remember I think it was Rose who's the loveliest person she'd heard about one of my documentaries and she said oh I heard that you'd made a documentary about um, polygamists and I was like and just fizzled off and walked away because I just felt like nothing compared to these people didn't have that capacity to go I've done amazing things I just felt like I'm not doing it right now, so yeah. therefore I'm just nothing. And I really, really worried. I got very sad, lost a shitload of weight and went to a few therapy sessions. So mm. I was just like, Help what's me, happening? Somebody. And then within all that, Chris somehow proposed, which was, again, I regret not being really happy around that time. And it was great and all of that stuff's really good. But I was just like, God, what a waste. And he always says, when I say when I talk about the work, like now just feels like such an insignificant three years of my life. It doesn't matter. And he was just like, you just took time out to find a husband. And I was like, you know what, you're right, because I wasn't, I wasn't perceptive the, to the idea of love and husbands yeah. when I was so driven ambitiously. And maybe if things were different, I wouldn't have had that space to receive in the way that I did. So I, I look back on it, and in one way, it calmed my ambition to a really healthy level, mm-hmm. made me strive for success rather than fame, and um, stay within my limits and understand who I am. And it made me... It boosted my work ethic to never take anything for granted and to keep my... That's what writing does. You have to work constantly. You have to maintain a level of good. With TV, it's just like you're waiting for a call. With writing, you have to work and it suits me so much better rather than being disposable. And so it's it's done a lot for me as a person. Am I glad it happened? I don't think you can look back on any kind of years where you felt really unhappy and say, I'm glad it happened. Mm. But yeah, God, it's all part of the rich tapestry, isn't it? But I'm fucking glad it's over and I don't think I'll, that would happen to me again because I just don't think I would allow it to be like that yeah when your identity is so closely linked to your achieving uh-huh. things you know week after week month after month and then suddenly it's gone yeah. it's like who the fuck am I if I am not doing stuff I really lost sight of who I was completely yeah. and just forgot and I went, so I only had four sessions of therapy mm-hmm. she just said something on the last session which for me I didn't need to go back because she just said, why do you think you can't do what you've already done? And I was just like, I've already done all the things I'm telling myself I'm incapable of doing. It was just a bit of a kick up the arse statement that yeah. just kind of got me back on track. Good advice. Mm. Also, four sessions, that's a record. I know. Fixed, done. Yeah. Now I live out in LA, I feel like I want to give myself that gift. 
yeah. of like starting to see one. People are so, it's so normal over there. And it's, it's getting more normal over here. I a lot think of it's my getting friends, normal yeah. over here. A lot, yeah. of my, a lot of our friends have got therapists and I think yeah. it's great. I'm like, why is there a stigma about around allowing one hour a week I to know. just talk about yourself? I yeah. feel like that's all I've wanted for my entire <laughs> life. You've got your audience, yeah. Don. I mean, it's like this. It's like being a guest on someone's podcast every yeah. week. It's yeah. brilliant. It is. It's really good. I've started doing it a few months ago. And honestly, it's like initially it is that thing of, oh, God, this feels so self-indulgent. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's, it's one hour and it's a kind of, yeah, gift. Yeah. Bloody hard gift. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> At times. I know. But like, also. I went into my first um, session and I was like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm absolutely fine. She's like, you're not fine. And then it starts to come out. Yeah. And then I did get a bit scared of it and kind of backed off. But I feel like it answered the immediate question I wanted to answer. And then like, when I eventually go into therapy, what I have to trawl up from my childhood about, it's going to be a lot. So I just I do it when I'm ready. Brace yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I adore Dawn and her honesty and her vulnerability and I think it's a really really nice reminder that even incredibly successful people that you watch from afar have periods of self-doubt no matter how shiny their life might look and also the therapy is remarkably effective (laughs) even after two sessions what may I ask is your thank you next you don't have to share it if you want to I'd love to hear at Angela Scanlon on Instagram is probably the best place to slide into me old DMs. And if you didn't catch it first time round, you can listen back to the full episode with Dawn O'Porter, where we also talked about her being thankful for luck, for Pelotons, I mentioned on the way in, her stuffed cat, and rule-breaking teachers. It is a wonder, and there's lots of lovely little nuggets of joy, much like the one you've just heard. And please don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already, so you can hear all of these little mini-pods as well as get a little notification when series four of Thanks A Million drops in the not too distant future. Before I let you go, another subscription also free. I'm basically Santa. My newsletter is back with a brand new look and it's juicy and it's joyful and it's lovely, even if I do say so myself. You can go straight to my Instagram and there's a link there or down below in the show notes, you can also click through to the sign up page. For now though, thank you Dawn. Who's next?